Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. It's Wednesday. It's the AltaCast. Thanks for being with me. Weren't here last week. Sorry about that. Had a little fever. Wasn't feeling great. You know when your hair hurts and you're like, why is that? And you forget what it's like to have a fever. Well, there you go. That was last week. So I think I think some people came in and um, did something. I... I really, I really don't know. I didn't listen. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible mutiny radio person. Welcome to the AltaCast today. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is on her way. She's probably getting coffee for us, which is so generous and lovely that she does that every week. I had a little coffee this morning already, so I am ready to go wearing my fuck Trump jacket today always get a lot of comments on that people for no reason just yell on the buck bus fuck trump and then i realize oh that's that's me i'm wearing the jacket i'm the one inciting all of that discontent on the bus anybody else like to cry on the bus i love crying crying on the bus is a really safe place to be in front of people and express your displeasure with the world. Crying on the bus. Cry on the bus with me. Hey. I... This sickness has been really interesting. I've been ill since the 9th of... That was my first fever. It was on the 9th of March this month. So that happened. And it's been sort of on and off. I haven't had a drink in a week, so that's interesting. It's been my last drink I had was Tuesday of last week. The today's what the twenty today's the twenty fourth, and last Tuesday I had a drink. That was the last one, but it doesn't matter because I have no sense of taste or smell. So you could feed me cat food, and I might call it call it a pate, call it foie gras. I can't taste it, doesn't matter. So just textures right now, crispy things, spicy things. I can feel spicy, I can feel temperatures, but no flavor. Pretty depressing. Life is bland. So I see Zach Wiseman in the room. What what kind of drink was it, your last drink? I had a last Tuesday I had a beer at OMG and it tasted funny and I asked the people next to me I'm like, does this taste funny? And they were like, no. And then I went to pay my accountant at Hotel Utah, and she gave me a beer. I didn't want it. I was just like, well, I'm here. I might as well drink a beer. Sure. So, And so that was the last thing. And then Jonathan and I went to Indian food, and I 
remember tasting the samosa and other things, but that was the last thing. Last Tuesday night was the last thing that I could taste mm. food-wise. So um, it's a bummer. It'll and come I'm, back. I'm I'm still I'm not really sick anymore. I mean I'm sick in that there's stuff left in my head um, that hasn't come out yet. But I mean I don't have a, I haven't had a fever in a week, so that's good. Yeah. But uh, the not being able to taste is really really a bummer quite depressing La- I can't smell either last night Sharky burnt all of the bacon and it turned into charcoal I couldn't smell it it was burning everything was burning I had no idea smoke everywhere I'm like putting my face in it couldn't smell it can't smell anything so we wasted a whole bunch of bacon because I can't smell, smell anything well, well so. also Sharky Sharky can smell he can smell yeah I don't know what happened all of a sudden we just <laughs> turned around and and it was it was like charcoal and I, I ate some of it and it just tasted of of charcoal, which was you could taste charcoal. Well, I couldn't taste it. It was the, the mouth yeah, feel the of like of charcoal, completely yeah. burnt. Like uh-huh. it just felt like Dry burnt. Crisp. It was like a, eating a piece of wood, like chalk. Yeah, but like more gritty. Yeah. So that's what that was like. So it's a bummer, and uh, maybe it'll come back. Maybe it won't. But I'm two yeah, senses down. Back. It'll probably. Well, we'll see. It would be a it would be a real bummer if it was gone forever. Uh, this week in the news, uh, this is a bummer because Latoya, obviously, she's on her way, but she's the person that uh, tells me what's going on in the world because I have no idea. Me either. I um, don't watch anything. I put into the search bar. This is a fun game to play. I put in Trump is, and the first things that come out, asshole, an idiot. Trump idiot. is an idiot. Trump is real. Trump is a moron. Trump, Trump is, is insane. Real. Trump is stupid. Trump is real. So, but it's just funny that when I put it into, I'm wondering if the Yahoo search is going off of my no, things I've searched in the past, or if it's everybody's yeah, it's everything. Collabs, the highest rated searches. So that's crazy because. Trump is an idiot is the first thing that comes up. That's reasonable. It's just funny to me. Yeah. Why high hopes for Trump's tax returns are misplaced. Uh, I would say the tax returns are the number one way to impeach because... Do you know anything about impeachment? Um, sounds like peaches. Right. So you can impeach a president for high crimes and misdemeanors or any behavior not befitting of a president. High crimes and misdemeanors. Or yeah, high... Yeah, it's called high, high crimes and something else. But the point is that there's a behavior that the president is supposed sure. to exhibit because mm-hmm. they are the highest held position in the land. And one of the things is that the president can't make money off of their sure. title as president. So what we would be able to see if we saw his 2017 and 2018 tax returns, mm-hmm. we'd see that he made more money in 2018 because he used his presidency All to make more money. money. Yeah. Well, it's... The president only makes $250,000 a year as their as their stipend or right. their their what's salary. It, salary. Yeah. But so that's a million dollars to be president for 4 years, which is kind of funny. But we've never had the CEO of a major corporation also be the president of the United right. States. That's the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, step down or something. Car- Carnegie Mellon um, in the 20s tried and he never made it because people were like, that's fucked up. We aren't going to let that rich person who already owns everything be the president. Obviously, there's a conflict of interest. Right. Now, somehow we're too stupid to see the conflict of interest. But if we were able to see his 2017 and 2018 tax reports, we could see that he's made more money, therefore used Absolutely. his position to make money, therefore behavior unbefitting to a president. Okay. Therefore, so, we could impeach him. Uh, behavior 
unfitting for a pre so like if you if the general public or whoever caught like the president like uh like blowing himself in a denny's bathroom could you impeach him for that yes sure <laughs> that is behavior unbefitting to a president Aww. yes that's why if i mean there's all kinds of, the, the problem is that um Everything's a ruse. The Democrats are just Republicans. All of them are in power and none of them want to lose it. And so we sit here and go, oh, they're Democrats. Oh, they're Democrats. And the only one who's doing anything is that Ocasio woman. Yeah. She's the only one who has any like idea about that Green New Deal is amazing. But the, the, the Democrats don't want that because Democrats are just the new Republicans. Yeah. They're, they they're all liars. Things. Yeah, and the, the the issues that they push are meaningless fucking issues. Like abortion? I mean, sure, what morality, blah, blah, blah. But in the scheme of things, abortion is fucking meaningless. Well, actually, abortion has a lot of meaning because what it does is we can't have white women aborting babies because we need more. It's a race. It's completely racially motivated. Abortion was completely legal in the but United States until the 1870s. And you know what was happening in the 1870s? Immigration issues. The Chinese Exclusion Act, that didn't even happen until 1924. All of the, there were tons and tons of immigration issues. We used to have white on white crime. Oh, those dirty Irish Catholics those because we were the white bad. Protestants. But that thing is it was white on white crime back then and they were like, oh, those Germans are gross. We don't want the Germans. And they were anti-immigration laws because they wanted white Protestant people to continue having babies. But my point being, my point being that like uh, in the scheme of like uh, like G General Electric owning all, like all the corporations and all that shit, people's uh, right to abort kids, it's, it's, it's not as big as they make it out to be. Well, it's the way that they drive the wedge between us. Because yeah, yeah, they exactly. Say that That's what I'm saying. We're moralistically better than you are, you heathen, yeah. baby-killing scum. Yeah. But the other reason they don't want that, which is underlying that they don't even understand, is you have to have poor people having babies. Otherwise, we don't have a military. Poor people have to have babies. Poor people who poor are unhappy. People always have poor people who are unhappy, who don't have access to things. We need that because we yeah. need to kill people in our army. We need that because yep. it used to be... they have that. It used to be in the 1800s when a woman had five kids and she Fuck was a yeah. widow and she came over to the United put States. Put those kids in the army. Ex they put those kids to work. Each child, there were, there were things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Children were worth like 100 pounds a year. So the whole thing was that the kids worked for you. So once we were like, oh, kids can't work anymore. Their tiny Bullshit. little hands can't get into the machinery. Bullshit. We shouldn't be chopping off little baby hands. Yeah, then should. they turned babies into little consumers. So now they need poor people to have babies so those babies are consumers because those babies are worth money. Those babies need a crib Fuck and yeah. a baby Chop thing. Chop off those fucking and, baby hands. Well, that's the thing is that babies used to be worth money because they were working for the family and they were making money as but coal now, miners but once yes coal mining babies yeah. absolutely you put those tiny babies down in those little places Fucking babies Santa were, bring you that coal you brought you that coal kid babies yeah. used to be worth money and now they're worth money again because they are tiny little consumers that's why they don't want people to have abortions they want poor disenfranchised people to continue being sad to continue not making money to continue to not go to college to not be educated because they need they, they want everyone to buy a new iPhone. They need people to Although, be going into the military. Uh, college does suck. College is pointless. It's an American dream that was sold to the white people, but all of a sudden everybody's like, white people. it doesn't it doesn't work. There's no absolute guarantee that if you get a degree, you go any further. Unless they should bring back apprenticeships. Apprenticeships they, are the shit. They should bring back fucking nepotism. No, nepotism already exists. Yeah, That's it's everywhere. Come on. Come on. Never no, left. You're right. Apprentice, apprenticeships, I would say, are a great idea. Hey, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, I love your hair today. Not that... Not that your cute hair has anything to do with who you are as a person or your worth or as an individual. I say it has entirely everything to do with that. <laughs> Great hair. That it's, it's not working right now. I think it has an on-off switch. I don't know what's wrong. That's a n new microphone. Old you mic want... Is it working? It might be working. Here, take this. Is that what it's 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't hear any talking. This one? Yeah, that's four. That works. And that one probably works unless... Hello, yeah. hello. I don't know. What, what happened to two? This is... There's an on-off switch on it. That's what the problem is. There it is. There. Now it's on. On-off switch. Yeah. Off, on, off, on, off, 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 off. There, there, we got it. Okay. Yeah, everything's, that's all. Bring around it's the Rosie. On-off on switch will throw us every time. Uh, but abortion is an incredibly important issue because that's how we keep, that's how you keep poor people poor is by making them deal with family planning when they're not ready for it or by having someone who doesn't necessarily want a family forcing them into it so they can be oh I don't know unhappy for the rest of their lives and told they're a bad person and you're a bad mom well maybe you didn't have to be a mom there's I think, a lot of people like they're bad moms I maybe think, they didn't want to be a mom I think if you're against abortion you should be willing to take somebody's baby and put it inside you I think if you're against abortion, you should give me a million dollars to have the baby. It costs like a million dollars to raise a child until they're 18. Also... So if you want me, if I get pregnant, and I thought I did the other week, even though I have an IUD, I, I was like, well, if, I, if, I get, if I'm pregnant here, obviously this is a Jesus baby because it wasn't supposed to happen. But I wouldn't want to have... If I had a kid, I actually had to have an abortion about five years ago. and You killed Jesus. I, I did. I killed the baby. But I was thinking like... I would. I wanted to put a thing on the GoFundMe that said, "Hey, you want me to have this baby religious right? Give me fucking a million dollars. I will have the baby. If you give me a million dollars, I will totally have the baby." But for me, it's like completely an economic decision and like a happiness decision. Like one of the only things I'm. That's one. Of the, that's why it's been such a depressing week. Is one of the only things that makes me happy is drinking alcohol and doing it whenever I want, willy nilly. And now I'm not <laughs> able to do that, and it sucks. But it's like. Because kids, like, I mean, anyways, I didn't have kids. But that's the thing is, if I would have been a mom, I still would have probably drank all the time. And then I would have been a terrible mom. And Fuck I would have yeah. done things like Woo! forget to pick them up at school. You or, can have a glass of wine. Yeah, but like, and, and a glass of wine. And purse vodka. Purse vodka. Right, exactly. So, and then that's not, that's not a good, that's not going to work. That's not terrible. Purse vodka is great. Well, I mean, I just... Family planning, abortions, all of that stuff, it's just a way to control women. To say that women aren't smart enough or good enough to make their own decisions about what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And, and it, it's, just, it's just another me measure of control. Um, and, and, that's, and that's, they need control to keep the, they've got to keep us dumb so they can stay in power and keep all the money. Yeah, like, really. It the, seems so obvious. The issues that they fucking focus on are issues that just keep people arguing. Gross gay people. What the fuck's wrong with you guys? Why, they fuck why poop. does anyone care? Gays how? fuck poop. That's gross. Get away from me, gays. Yeah, but everyone's, <laughs> but like, and all of a sudden everyone's into anal. Like, everyone's like, all people are like, anal's cool, and guys are trying to, you know, guys are like, anal's, but, and the porn all has the anal. And it's like, so, we went from, we swung so drastically on the pendulum from, wow, it's we're afraid of gay people because they're gross, and then it becomes like, Everyone wants to have anal sex, but I I don't know. I don't. I, boys have a prostate. There's a there's a there's a. It's fun for dudes because they have a prostate it's and they fun actually for dudes. have like a sexual thing. Like there's a anal. There's it's a fun for dudes. there's a what's it called? It's a it's an erogenous zone inside their butt. That makes sense. For women, it's more like it feels like a power thing. Like I want to put my penis in your no, butt. No, I've had ladies come from uh, butt fucking. I think it hurts. I don't like it. I mean, I guess you it feels like it feels like prison rape. You probably just had an asshole doing it. 
for no, real. No, that shit hurts. All right. Yeah, I mean. But uh, yeah, I've had, I've had ladies uh, like it quite a bit. So we were going on a white people rant. Did I miss this? Fucking crackers. <laughs> well, I, I started with I started with the concept that right now Republicans and Democrats are all the same. It doesn't matter. They're all they're exactly everyone's the same right now. There's there's I'm no kinda, there's no difference. There's no change. On this. They're pretending that we could easily get rid of this charade of a president right now if anyone had any fucking balls. If anyone could stand The Democratic stand Party does not. They're not because they're not anything. Because they're fucking farcical assholes. They're... Oh, are you in the Democratic Party? You're pretending that you're I doing am. something? Yes, you, I am doing you're something. You're pretending? You're pretending? No, I'm doing something. something. I'm really doing something. Uh, yeah, the, what, are, what are the Democrats doing? I'm I'm uh, progressing. I'm progressive. We're progressing. We're progressing. We're progressive. Yeah. Like, now we're like, anal sex is cool. And yeah, it's cool. We like the gays. Like, what the fuck? Every, all the gays can get married. It's all just a side issue. It's like, look over here, look over here, while all the real stuff is happening. Uh-huh. Where all the money, all the power... I mean, yep. I've been reading a lot about immigration. I'm reading this book. Um, it's like a nonfiction book, and it's some of it's boring, but some oh, of it's actually, amazing. I'm gonna go grab a book. I'll be back in like ten minutes. Yeah. It's immigration. <laughs> this I've got this. I've got this new book I've been reading. It's um, I've got it even in my in my backpack because I I feel like you know we can't see the future unless we know the past. I can and, see the future. And uh, so this is this is a book from 1990. Uh, it's called Coming to America. A History of Immigration and Ethnicity in American Life. And it's really interesting because there's all this stuff about slavery and for a while one quarter or of our population in the United States was immigration but it was forced immigration. It was, it was slavery, right? So yeah. we forced people to immigrate. So immigration versus migration. Migration is moving from one place to another. So if we could migrate to like, San Diego. Like, for example, a lot of blacks uh, migrated to the north, like places like St. Louis and Chicago and what have you, and Detroit, um, because there are better jobs. So there was the great migration of uh, blacks of, uh, like in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And immigration is when you switch borderlines. Yeah, so that's when you move. So if you move within the United States... So there was actually immigration... Like when people were migrating to the West, it really was at the time immigration because we were going to Mexico. But the thing is, we're like, manifest destiny. If we can see it, it's ours now because we're white. And it's it's so bizarre to me. Like, uh, and I watched that Klansman movie, the KKK, the Black Klansman, Black Klansman. which was amazing. I cried at the end. I cried a couple times through because of. That that's the reality that we're living in right now with Charlottesville. Well, you know, that, and that that's, and that stuff's happening. And the thing that we're negating is the the old guy sitting in the chair in the middle talking about the guy in the twenties who was. And that's a true was, story. Who, which is a true story. About that was Harry Belafonte. He was the one doing the acting. The that's story, great. It was. Yeah. It was. So he tells the story about an African American gentleman who was. Um, not this is in he, Texas. He was mentally, he was not the sharpest tool in the shed. I believe it t- t- took place in 1917 in Texas. And they accused him in four minutes. They said he was guilty of raping and murdering a white woman. He didn't do this. He was mentally challenged. And then they like dragged him through the streets, cut off his fingers, cut off his balls, they, and raised and lowered him over a bonfire. I was they, bawling. I'm they like, that's real shit. barbecued him. And, and they, they, took, even, they cut off his penis too. It's, it's, it's insane that, that a bunch of 
in the name of what we do in the name of race that wasn't that long ago that was like a hundred years ago yeah and the United States has only been around shut your ass up the United States has only been around for like (laughs) 300 years will be exactly and and the atrocities that still exist in our time 242 well but even when we touched on soil like Uh in the 16 let's just say like from the pilgrims when we started really killing I mean yeah they started killing shit and the, the really interesting thing about this book is that there's not a lot of history about the immigration of Af- of Africans to the United States because there were there was there wasn't a written language there, were, there weren't there wasn't um, not everybody could read and so when you get to W E B Du Bois and you get Du Bois depending on how you want to say it and are you talking about okay when you say immigration of Africans, are you talking about within the 20th century? No, I'm, I'm talking about like when we brought them over slave Oh, that's not immigration. That's kidnapping. Well, you're right. Exactly. So it's, that's, it's kidnapping. That's it's, not immigration. Well, that was not moved. by choice. No, that was course. by force. It was forced. They were forced to move. Shut like, your ass but the, but the problem, the problem is that, the problem <laughs> is that there wasn't any, Cunye. the reason that we don't have the written, I mean, imagine learning about Jamestown in M's. Um, 1642 without the letters without all of the written documents so we're trying to put together a history without documentation and without story it's an oral history and you have to find people then people die and all this so it's there's a huge section of our history that's missing because we don't actually have the history i think uh, i think we have it it's just a certain demographic of people don't want to talk about well, but it. It's, but it's th- but here's the thing, though, is that when we have anything, the only stuff we have are the slave masters owning people. So we can say, oh, this person's, but they don't even have the original name. Who knew what their name was when they uh, came I know. from Ghana or whatever? And then they come over here, and the, we don't we don't have their written. We don't have our customs. We don't have anything. We don't have a language. There's we no don't have any. So That's why I feel the Afro Latinos on the slave trade got a better deal. And the oh, reason oh, why I no, say no, no, that. No. Oh, I learned about that too. The reason why I say that is because at least some of them still had the customs. Now, it I felt like, you know, because a lot of the slaves let's let's have a little history lesson for those who don't know something Boring. basic. Fuck you. Um so the Atlantic slave trade, that means slaves were dropped off all across the Atlantic. That includes the islands, yeah, North America, be. Mexico, Central America, and South America. Haiti, Barbados. And, yeah, that's what I mean by the all islands. islands. Yeah. yeah. So the America, North America got 13% of the slave trade. Mexico, believe it or not, got 13%. The islands got a lot as well as Central America, as well as uh, South America. Brazil got the most. Do you want to know why they got so many? I learned this in the book. And some people say that American slavery is better than Caribbean slavery because they didn't take care of them. They didn't take care of them. The American slavery stuff, they were like, our slavery is better because we take stock in them. We give them pig. We we give them hog make. No, the point is that because they made them have babies and they said, so what we're doing is that we're better at slavery because we're keeping you alive and they treated them better because they wanted them to have babies because then their babies had worth but in the in the Caribbean and in and Latin America in the Central America they would just starve them they'd work them till they died in the mines they'd definitely. work them the, till they yeah, died they so that's the they... argument is that American slavery is better because we took care of them better but in the Caribbean it's awful and there were there were four times the number of people that went there because their worth was lower and they just murder them they just murder them just, to death um, in the gold mines and stuff especially and in the islands them. they starve them they'd starve them they would do that a lot in Brazil too but um 
I, I guess it must be talking mostly Central American and Mexico because that's why they have the chart of like mestizo and you know the different types of breaking down of the intermarriage of right. the African with the indigenous the indigenous with the Spaniard and so on and so on now I'm not saying slavery was the shit because it wasn't it was shit and I want my money I want my reparations capitalism doesn't work without someone being enslaved and that still exists right now it's presently you can't have capitalism without you should, somebody you getting should, fucked. You should scoot this chair in. I, I'm oh, doing I IG can't. live. Oh yeah, the yeah. fucking microphone. I um, Never mind. Yeah, but but I what I also want to say is the whitewashing of what what some of these books are doing when we talk about slave. <laughs> you always got this is Zach Reisman, who's I haven't seen in over a year. Here I am. Yeah, put your white face up in here. <laughs> Cracker as fuck. Um, so basically, when I when I talk about the 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 slave uh, the Atlantic slave trade in the Latin community, they what I'm saying is they had customs that weren't taken away from them. Majority was um, the food. Um, in contrast to here in North America where we just got thrown bits and pieces of pig. Chitlins, baby. Ch- exactly. Yum. And um, a language that they could share, which was Spanish. But, of course, that was not their first language. You know, they didn't have a language. Were they speaking now, in, in, uh, what? Were they speaking Africa? <laughs> Afri- well, it depends. Lots of different dialects. Diff- di- different dialects. Tons, like tons like you, Catalan dialects. Spanish? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many dialects. The Moors, actually, who are black, spoke Spanish and Arabic. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying, American history is very, very still fresh. And it's stupid of people, especially a certain demographic of people. You know who you are. Asians. <laughs> that that's, don't that's a whole different thing about about immigration. They weren't even considered people at that time. So um, a- Asians weren't even considered Asians weren't even allowed to become U.S. citizens until, like, so they didn't even count. It was it's crazy. This book, this book is crazy. The stuff I'm learning is like, I, I, it's unbelievable how awful we have been about immigration. Yet we're a country that's been built on immigrants, and we literally forced immigration and then built our country on the backs of said immigrants. You, yep. know, you know, I think a lot of white people. Oh, you know what? I meant to say a certain demographic of people. I'm gonna start saying that now because. I don't want to hurt no one's feelings or get fired. Oh, look, you have a selfie stick. Why don't I have one of those? You're so smart. I don't have any of the I need to get one. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is it's, you know, a lot of people, especially, we'll even just talk about the 20th century of Jim Crow. Mm. I didn't. I didn't grow up knowing about what happened in Tulsa about Black Wall Street. I didn't know about that until like my late teens, twenties. Tulsa, Oklahoma had a Black Wall Street. See exactly. This is back in the nineteen teens to the nineteen twenty. This is very important history that people are now starting to find out, including people like myself, because it was burnt. It, and it read. I want you to read on the air the history of Tulsa and Black Wall Street. There is a Wikipedia that yeah 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 yeah. yeah. It's Greenwood is a historic freedom colony in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as one of the prominent concentrations of African American businesses in the United States during the early 20th century. It was popularly known as America's Black Wall Street 
until the Tulsa race riot of 1921, in which white residents massacred 26 black residents, injuring hundreds more, and razed the neighborhood within hours. Razed means burned the shit out of it. Now... I want you to find how that race riot started. Yeah. Because we just mentioned a story about that poor young black boy that was burnt in in Texas. This is a the this Tulsa r- race yeah. riot of 1921 or the Tulsa race massacre took place on May 31st and June 1st, 1921 when mobs of whites attacked black residents in the businesses of the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is considered one of the worst incidents of racial violence in the history of the United States. The attack carried out on the ground and by air ah, destroyed more than 35 blocks either. of the district. At the time, a Wealthiest, the wealthiest black community in the United States. The Klan had pterodactyls. More than 800 people were admitted to hospitals and more than 6,000 black residents were arrested and detained, many for several days. The Oklahoma Bureau of Vital Statistics officially recorded 36 dead, but the American Red Cross declined to provide an estimate. When the state commissioned... State Commission re-examined events in 2001. Its report estimated that 100 to 300 African Americans were killed during the rioting. Oh my God. The riot began over Memorial Day weekend after 19-year-old Dick Rowland, a black shoe shiner, was accused of assaulting Sarah Page, the 17-year-old white elevator operator of the nearby Drexel building. He was taken into custody. A subsequent gathering of local, angry local whites outside the courthouse where Rowland was being held and s- spread the rumors that he had been lynched alarmed the local black population some of which some of whom arrived at the courthouse armed shots were fired and 12 were killed 10 white and two black as news of these deaths spread throughout the city the mob violence exploded thousands of whites rampaged through the black neighborhood that night and the next day killing men and women burning and looting stores and homes about 10,000 black people were left homeless and property damage amounted to more than 1.5 million in real estate and 750,000 in lost purple per- personal property. That's $32 million in 2019. Many survivors left Tulsa. Black and white residents who stayed in the city were silent for decades about the terror of violence and <laughs> losses of this event. The riot oh, was largely funny. omitted from local Don't state laugh. as well as news, national histories. The Tulsa race riot of 1921 was rarely mentioned in black. In history books, classrooms, or even in private. Blacks and whites alike grew into middle age, unaware of what had taken place. In 1996, 75 years after the riot, a bipartisan group of the state legislature authorized the formation of the Oklahoma Commission to study the Tulsa race riot of 1921. Members were appointed to investigate events, interview survivors, hear testimonies from the public, and prepare a report of events. There was an effort toward public education about these events through the process. The commission's final report published in 2001 said the city had conspired with the mob of white citizens against black citizens. Never happened. It recommended a program of reparations to survivors and their descendants. The state passed legislation to establish some scholarships for descendants of survivors, encourage economic development of Greenwood, and develop a memorial park in Tulsa to the riot victims. The park was dedicated in 2010. Scholarship, huh? That's fucking nuts. That is nuts. I've never heard of this. Yeah, that's... I like that they. Uh, it was so bad they didn't talk about it for a decade. Like, they burnt their whole fucking town down, and well, then everybody just, like, <laughs> shuffled their also, feet. I like, I, I like the fact that even uh, Wikipedia mentioned that it became just kind of, like, swept under the rug by mm-hmm. both communities because it, it started becoming race. And all of a sudden, again, you start to hear about it again. I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know about it until, like, my, like, 20s. 
because this this wasn't in our history book. What does Black Wall Street entail? Like, Here, what here's is- what it says. Greenwood was a district in Tulsa organized in 1906 following Booker T. Washington's 1905 tour of Arkansas, Indian Territory, and Oklahoma. Greenwood That's where became, my grandfather's from. Oh, Greenwood became so prosperous that it became known as the Negro Wall Street, now commonly referred to as the Black Wall Street. Blacks had created their own businesses and services in this Good enclave, yeah. including several grocers, two newspapers, two movie theaters, nightclubs, numerous churches. Black professionals, including doctors, Gotta dentists, lawyers, and clergy, served their peers. Most blacks lived together in the district, and during his trip to Tulsa in 1905, Washington encouraged the operation, economic dependence, and excellence being demonstrated there. Greenwood District was formally established in Tulsa in 1906. The namesake of Greenwood District, Washington, has established his own demonstration in Tuskegee, Alabama, for five years earlier. In Tulsa, they escalated, or they selected their own leaders and raised capital there to support economic growth. In the surrounding areas of northeastern Oklahoma's blacks also enjoyed relative prosperity and participated in the oil boom. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. They made money and shit. Exactly. And for the white man to burn it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they don't like money. that. It says it was Ku Klux Klan also. Yeah. Uh, northeastern Oklahoma was in an economic slump, slump that increased unemployment. Since 1915, the Ku Klux Klan had been growing like in Ju-Klux urban Klan. chapters across the country. <laughs> its first significant appearance in Oklahoma occurred on August 12, 1921. By the end of 1921, Tulsa had 3,200 residents in the Klan. The city's 32. population was 72,000. Jesus. So, Wow. Wow, let's do the math on that. 72,000. It's like 8%? Yeah, that's like... Jesus Christ. Or, uh, so no. no, that's like 10%? No, 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 no. It's, it's less. It's less. It's uh, oh, here, like I 5-ish can, percent. I it's can. too many. <laughs> Not yeah, enough, that's, ask me. Shut your ass <laughs> I'm a real good asshole. <laughs> I uh, think this is one of the reasons why my... It's 22.5%. Or, no, I have no, to do 32 wrong. divided by 30... 32 divided by 70. You know, this, this is starting to make a little sense 4%. to me. It's actually 4%. Yeah, okay. Third time, my grandfather was born uh, on a reservation in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And he never mentioned this. Now, Muskogee is more south, like toward like Texas. And then Tulsa is uh, more north, like toward Kansas and closer to Missouri. Um, he left around this time because my grandfather was born in 1911 so he left around this time because they were pushed off but he never would talk about this and it it made me start to think like maybe there's something that he saw or you know this affected him he never mentioned it so he was there for this no he wasn't there in tulsa but what i'm saying this is around the time he left oklahoma okay and I think because of that fear of what happened. Right, could spread. This could happen. It's too close. Yeah. 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 And so, and but he never mentioned it. He never liked to talk about his childhood. Huh. And this Probably is around when he was. so great. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to make you jealous. Yeah. That was Zach Wiseman being facetious. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is interesting. Here's what started the whole thing. Yeah. It is alleged that sometime about 4 p.m., 19-year-old Dick Rowland, a black shoe shiner, employed at Main Street Shine Parlor, entered the only elevator of the nearby Drexel building at 319 South Main Street to use the top floor restroom, which was restricted to black people. He encountered Sarah Page, the 17-year-old white ele- operator on duty. See, the two likely knew each other, at least by sight, as this building was the only one nearby with a restroom to which Roland had expressed permission to use. And the operator 
elevator operated by Page was the only one in the building. A clerk at Reinberg's, a clothing store on the first floor of Drexel, heard what sounded like a woman's scream and saw a young black man rushing from the building. The clerk went to the elevator and oh, found shit. Page in what he said was a distraught state. Thinking she had been assaulted, he summoned the authorities. In 2001, Oklahoma Commission That's final report notes it was unusual for both Rowland and Page to be working downtown on Memorial Day when most stores and businesses were closed. It suggests that Roland had a simple accident, such as tripping and steadying himself against the girl, or perhaps they were lovers and had a quarrel. Whether and to what extent Dick Roland and Sarah Page knew each other has long been a matter of speculation. It seems reasonable that they would have at least been able to recognize each other on site, as Roland would have been regular would have regularly ridden in Page's elevator on his way to and from the restroom. Mm-hmm. Others, however, have speculated that the pair might have been lovers, a dangerous and potentially deadly taboo, but not an impossibility. Whether they knew each other or not, it is clear that both Dick Rowland and Sarah Page were downtown Monday, May 30th, 1921, although this, too, is cloaked in some mystery. On Memorial Days, most but not all stores and businesses in Tulsa were closed, yet both Rowland and Page were apparently working that day. Yet in the days and years that followed, many who knew Dick Rowland agreed on one thing, that he never would have been capable of rape. Sounds like a, a story that we just talked about. Um, I'd like to say everybody's capable of rape, all right? <laughs> and it sounds like Emmett, too. And it sounds, I mean, I can go on. Hey, this is, I, I just, it's, it's amazing that, again, this history exists that we don't even know about. This is why we want a reparations. Because we sweep it, like, we don't Under know how. Yeah. This is, like, and the thing is, yeah. it's just like, how dare us even being black not knowing this? Because our public school system has failed everybody yeah the but, only but thing the, we really learn about black people is the booker g king. washington the, no the guy who made all the peanut stuff uh, made, carver carver washington yeah. carver john washington george carver. washington carver also so, a concert pianist that's the only like that's one of the only things that we were when you think about like the, the way at least i was raised i grew up with education in the in the 80s and i'm glad you at least learned booker t washington because i'm sure they're not reading about him anymore the professional we, wrestler i thought uh, i thought that the whole tuskegee thing was like a big deal and and that was and it is obviously oh and you learned about so that many, too that was yeah See? we learned about tuskegee and that we thought that we were so we thought we were so progressive in high school because we're like we didn't learn we about that about, i had to learn about that through my grandparents and stuff that wasn't and i i mentioned that in high school during like our history class. that was during the 90s yeah you would think that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we would have been... I always would love to challenge my history professors, too. I loved it. Because at the time, that's when I was reading history. And like my grandparents always fed me books and know your history. And this is not going to be taught. Like my summers, I would spend going to an African uh, studies class cool. when I was like 9, 10, 11, 12. Because I wanted to outsmart everyone. Like, I know my history. I, I just found that, I find the interesting thing is that it, it, I think it really supersedes race because of this one idea. That um, ex-slaves went back to Africa and started Liberia. Mm-hmm. And then there was a huge war there with the people who set it up and the people who lived there. Like, the haves and the have-nots yeah. had a fight against each other and there was a huge civil war and I just it's it, so it's it's not it's it's capitalism only thrives when someone is enslaved yeah 
and that's the thing right now what's happening with our capitalism is our the slavery that we have is China. our eyes but no, our eyes are blinded to the concept that we are the slaves America it, is a great fucking experiment on like out of sight out of mind and how effective it is because mm-hmm. it's fucking like the co- anything we just crush people in fucking third world countries and nobody cares nobody gives a fuck they stand on their people. coffees well they're not people no it's not it's not that uh, if you if you brought like a tiny little brown baby who was getting fucking worked to death uh, like digging whatever and in front of the lines at Starbucks or whatever people be like oh my god oh. but you just remove it you put it fucking you know two you put a connecting flight away you know and fucking because I want my fucking real. diamonds because I'm getting married and I deserve it okay I am a star they're forever for one yeah. day for one day I'm a motherfucking star it's my goddamn wedding and I need to have the most amazing ring and you I you know what car- oh, tiny little black babies that can live or die but you know what my ring is so important because I Instagrammed it and everybody saw it and then I put it on Facebook and oh my god Karen was so jealous because all she has is a sweater set and pearl necklace and this <laughs> ring is fucking amazeballs hashtag soups aws okay oh, Becky I you totally fucking love crushed this ring. that. That was great. I great. love. Well, it's really important for me to show everybody how loved I am by murdering small black children. Fuck yeah! yeah. I, I'm going. <laughs> land, like, I live in Walnut Creek. I, I, I'm going to go with the fact of they don't. We're not human to them. No, you're not. People are. Yeah, we're still chattel. We're still known, and um, I think it's no, the constitution as like chattel. It in some kind of way. You look at like Eastern Europeans and they do the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter if, uh, it's just, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure there's uh, some elements and that varies person to person too, but definitely the uh, not in America thing, just somewhere else makes a fucking huge difference. They'll work like Ukrainians to death. They don't give a fuck. Sure. Yeah. But you know what? But but here's the difference between a Ukrainian and a black person. They have the complexion for the protection. This was made in Turkey. I learned, I learned that in Turkey, um, actually the Turkish moved a lot of them to Germany and in Germany they call the Turkish they're like our Mexicans they brought them over and made them work for cheap on their cars and as all these things and then they treat them like second-class citizens even though they're they're basically doing all the jobs the Germans didn't want them to do like how we treat the Mexicans we're like hey, yeah pick our strawberries but fuck you we're not giving you any education and in Germany they're like oh the Turkish they'll be our garbage men and they'll make our cars but they're second-class citizens you, did you hear about that crazy ass uh saltine militia in new mexico um it's this uh they're called something you know there's they're called patriots of something but they're not patriots so basically they were hanging out around the border acting like border control rounding up um people coming in here for a illegal sit. it is illegal yeah, and here's the thing Isn't they're that posting that a, yeah a yeah officer an officer yeah they have badges and stuff and here's <gasps> the thing border patrol you don't need those thinking badges yeah <laughs> border patrol was fine with them helping they rounded up there and here's the thing what? this militia put their shit on facebook live see again, hilarious again white people why you keep keep on just keep on airing your dirty work you're going to get caught especially when you post that shit keep on i'm telling but, you but that's the thing is they're Th- proud of it they are and these were mostly women and children and well, they had they're guns fucking in their patriots faces. they're patriots they're fucking and the, patriots. in new mexico yeah in new- I just, mexico oh. still america <laughs> all right just don't we have anything better to worry about like what? That, you do, in our country it's called, it's called opioids they're killing y'all they're killing white people off I, yes don't do the fentanyl Suicide. guys don't yeah. do the fentanyl see the fentanyl is a trap it is a trap just stick to heroin it's great 
<laughs> Why you gotta mix your drugs up? Just stick to one thing. Heroin's great. You like heroin. It tastes like marshmallows. How can you not fucking like that? <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is, what the the masses have done, especially the media, is use race instead of class. Right. Yeah. Because there's more poor people that are being affected. But I have more money, so I'm a better person. Because I I'm people- better than you, because I make more money, and I have... I have weird, like, Asian people do my nails and my toes. Like, I just can't touch my own feet. Rosalie takes care of the children. I think some people think they're racist, but they're actually, they just hate poor people. Yeah. I think some people, they're like, I I don't like the blacks, but they just hate poor people and lots of, but they But they also think that mostly all blacks are, like, on using, like, unemployment and, uh, like, government funds. When in actuality, it's mostly white people because the majority, yeah. There's nothing wrong with using government. I no, feel like, it, it, there remember isn't. the universal basic income, UBI. It's I the, want that. I'm totally down with it because... I do too. It, it, the problem is it's a labor... It, it all gets back to Marx. Why is certain labor not valued and other labor is? Women have babies. It's literally called labor, yet we get nothing for it. Yeah, you they should call stay it at home. Else. You should You stay at home. It's called women's work. We don't get paid for it. It's actual work. It's fucking labor. I can be a nanny and I can get paid to hang out with someone's child, but you don't get paid to hang out with your own child as a mother. Your labor is not valued. You don't have value or worth, and yet you have the most important job. Everyone's... Being a mom is the most important job I've ever had. Yeah, because your husband's fucking rich, you cunt face. Like, yeah, you being a mom is your, great. You need to talk to your white sisters on that one. I, well, that's they have they have nanny. Well, Lupita, she's the one who takes care of Jimmy. Remember the the <laughs> thing we the thing we made with um, the women who work, women who work. work. Ivana Trump. There's a there's a Fonka, whatever the fuck her name is, the daughter he wants to fuck. She wrote this book, which is so stupid. And one of the quotes is, "In ten years, I will totally convince myself that I took the pictures that my nanny." Took. Oh yeah, I hate it's like that that's real. Hilarious. She's like, that's it's like delusional. Funny. She's farming out. No, that's not delusional. Own- that's very. Oh man, that's funny. That's so it's, funny. It's very. I'm self-aware. gonna take. It, and it, it just very tells self-aware. you. It, it just tells you what the privilege is. It's just like I'm gonna steal the moments that Lupita did for me. Right. Fuck and I'm gonna take. Layla. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Lupita's like you know shine because she's been there most of the time. I remember Fuck that Lupita. time when we were at the when we were at that bet park i wasn't on my iphone the whole time I but lupita was being the best mom she, she could be best. lupita left that fucking ketchup stain in the tablecloth and the johnsons think we're assholes now yeah yeah Fuck that lupita. wasn't a ketchup stain yeah right <laughs> that's <sex>. disgusting yeah <laughs> you're <laughs> fucking lupita uh i'm trying to find one of these great quotes here about capitalism and uh stuff like that but it's hard oh here's another thing too a lot of people this is some american history people don't know about the poor people's movement of the 1960s and that's one of the reasons why if and if anyone knows anything about the black panthers and fred hampton in chicago the the biggest threat to uh, american society yeah the ones that gave (laughs) us full screen uh uh, full school or free school lunches that black started Panthers? by Black Panthers, yeah. Damn, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to fight you. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, so Fred Hampton, who was murdered by cops in 1969, was part of the Poor People's Movement. And that, he traveled, he was a Black Panther, but he traveled to places like West Virginia, where the ass is still poor as fuck, and now they die in quick because of opioids. And he'd go to, like, the Carolinas, what have you, and talk, and Kentucky, and talk to the poor people um, in the hills and uh, in these small rural communities, and tell them the truth about what their government government was doing to them helping them yeah yeah he was helping them no the government no, gov- no, yeah the government no more like fucking them and yeah. so and so basically he was rallying up a bunch of people and and the government did not like that no 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 because like wait they were busy getting, helping yeah <laughs> i'm gonna fuck you up um he, basically he was starting a new movement which in wait Poor white people and black people getting together. Oh no, we got to stop this shenanigan. Oh no. So, I mean, the government shut that down really quick by murdering Fred Hampton. And we know what happened to MLK because that he also was part of the poor. I believe he started the poor people's movement, MLK. And one of his last speeches, we're talking about. Um, you know what corporations have been doing to um, poor people and people of color at the time so there's a little history story for you stupid idiots who don't read books more like her story you know what I mean ha, hey ha, sister ha. so uh, <laughs> did you did did everybody watch game does anyone care about Game of Thrones no. dragons I want to hear about it. tell me about it well no it's just secondarily is the is the Trump um, he's making memes now for oh himself, or he has a team of memes. Hilarious! And so let me he, see some Trump memes. Here's a Trump meme that he made for himself. Oh which god, is, damn it! Right. So it says, "No collusion, no obstruction for the haters and the radical left Democrats." <laughs> Game over. And it's Game like, over. And it's like that's my president. Picture of the back of Donald Trump's head, and, it's, and it tail. looks just like the Game of Thrones um, god, font. That's so funny. And the Game of Thrones. So. He is the what do I, president. What do oh, I learn from this? What do I learn from this? Our president is a basic bitch. Like, you love the Game of Thrones. You're just like us. Is that, was that what he's trying to do? Be like, no, no, no. That's I'm like just like you. Points. You know he doesn't I watch that shit. Of course he watches it. No, I don't think he watches I that. I think he totally watches no, Game of Thrones. No, he's too busy watching Fox News no, constantly. No, no, he's got, well, he's got like 12, 12 TVs. And he's watching Game of Thrones in the corner because he likes all that stuff, all that incest stuff. He's like, yes, yeah, I okay, would have Game sex with my daughter. Like totally his, it's like uh, king shit and... And fuck yeah, totally. I don't think it's he fantasy watches Europe. It. Fantasy old Europe. Yeah, he gets fantasy. To be a king. He's a, I know. He's I don't. A, th- he's a Lannister for I sure. I don't think he's not that smart enough to understand that. He is no, that smart enough. You don't have to be smart to like Game of Thrones. You just have to like full frontal and fucking yeah, a yeah. lot of women and You're like, everything. Rape and dragons. Yeah, yeah. Rape and dragons and incest. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, I fucking. The reason watch why it. I know yeah. he doesn't watch it because. Sunday, he always goes into a Twitter war starting Sunday night going into Monday morning. He probably bought all the fucking episodes. Now, now, he could be like that crazy person that does have like the 12 TVs and one TV at the very, very top. Yeah, I'm going to fight you on that one too. (laughs) Um, The one TV, the last TV at the top probably has Game of Thrones on. So he probably glances at it. And he sees like probably like a dragon. He's like, ooh, dragon. But I don't think he probably gets the whole gist of what Game of Thrones is. Seen. Yeah, I, I, I think that he's uh, the dumbest person alive. And the problem with dumb people is uh, they don't think they're dumb. They think they're really smart. But 
I uh, right? Have you? And isn't it isn't it infuriating when you come up against a person who is dumb, dumb, who smart, is fucking dumb, and they think they're smart? It's like it's like when um, there was a comedian. I don't want to say his name or anything, but he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fucking debate you on feminism." And oh, I was like, really, "That would dude? be totally really? stupid That's because stupid? you really? have no like." I studied it, and uh, you're a wo- and I yeah. And he's like, "I'm gonna debate you on." F-. I'm like, "No, because you can't." De- if you debate with a stupid person, all you do is lower. Like, no matter how smart you are, they're gonna be like, "Well, fuck you," and then you're like, "Ah, what is my argument?" So like, even engaging engaging in a power struggle with a child doesn't work because you're giving a child power. You're saying, "I'm gonna power struggle with you, five year old," and the five year old, all they understand is, "We're equals." Right? That's what a power struggle with a child says. That is... That's why you just go, this is the way it is. I'm not... That's it. You don't. I'm glad, yeah, because he, you would have broke his heart. Well, which, no, uh, it which wouldn't would have. He would have broke my heart because I I would have been saying real things and he would have been like, bitches are dumb. And 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 other people would be like, yeah, fuck bitches. That's hilarious. And Yeah, I'm this many. Right. <laughs> It's Wait, f- first of all, okay. It's okay. He and I don't have beef anymore, but we used to. I don't care. That is the stupidest thing to say to somebody. That's like saying, I'm going to debate you because I'm a white dude and I know stu- more stuff about black culture than you. Damn no. straight, I do. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> no, you cannot because you don't understand the struggle of what it is being a black person. You just can, like no, you I don't understand. You can sort of empathize, but you, you can't. No, I get just it. like you don't understand what it's like to bleed once a month right no because I do. you you'll never know that feeling so I do. you can't i'm gonna definitely think, make you bleed once i think a month. that i think that we should give men for like when they're in their teens and early 20s this maybe like a pill that makes them super sort of constipated to the point where they get really bad cramps like once a month for maybe just, don't share your curse we don't want it maybe just for oh, like oh yeah you it would be it. a class it'd be, be a class they'd have to take so for three months they'd have to take this thing that would sort of give them constipation yeah, so okay, that I'm it would anyway. it would sort of approximate the feeling of monthly cramping and and then you you'd be they'd be like crying. There no one would go to work. Or it would be it'd be really funny. They'd be like, I just can't even go. To that. And they'd sit there and they talk about their feelings. They'd sit in a circle and be like, I can't even handle this. I have to. It hurts so much. And they'd all. And then maybe they could approximate for three months out of their stingy little meaningless man lives. They could maybe for a second feel an inkling I of what it's it. like. I'm gonna be in the woods smoking weed. You guys have fun. That's the other thing is that women Wait, have to take birth control. I know I, we need weed. It's high school. Wi- women, oh, high school. women have to take birth control, which is steroids, which is changing their hormonal balance, and they do that every day. When there's a simple, simple thing that men can do, they could have a reversible vasectomy mm-hmm. when they're 16 or 17 years old. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah, cut the vas deferens. You double ligate, and then you just untwist it at the end when they turn into a responsible adult that doesn't want to like just fuck around and not deal with the consequences. That's that's what you do, pro-lifers. Yeah. Just that's get, what you. That's what the fuck you do. Exactly. But they don't want to do that because they want 16 year old girls who don't know what they're doing they want to keep them religious and poor and and have, have children barefoot and pregnant so they can have more 
uh, more soldiers for the white so they can race. have more. Now the thing that's gonna fuck us all up is when a to- automation comes and the AIs come and so many of our jobs Universal are gonna income. disappear. In the that's actually so quick. really true. It's but like right here. It's right, like right here. It's like Cars right here. drive themselves like now. You and know? so oh, the I thing thought. with that is that if that happens, then we really are gonna need universal basic income because it's so inevitable. many people. It's fucking inevitable. Because how else are people gonna? Because their their labor no longer has value. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, which is great. It's so good. I'm waiting for it. If like, we devalue well, all labor, I'm I'm so tired of people fucking wanting their jobs. I need a job. We need jo- Nobody needs a fucking job. Do things that are. I mean. Working uh, at things that benefit people and that you're interested in, great. Fucking, you should have a great work work ethic and all that shit. But having a job, just a job, is fucking stupid. I don't, and people need to let go of that shit. I don't, think, I don't think. Slavery. I don't think we should call it a job. I think a career is much better than a job because when you say career, that means. That's possibly something that you're getting into because you like it and you enjoy it sure, rather than sure. a job is like, well, I have to do this because I'm a job. slave job, job, and job. I have to do this in order to eat okay. rather than because that's what the difference between having a job and a career are. Mm-hmm. People that have careers enjoy the majority. I'm going to say enjoy their career. People that have jobs and this could be in corporate America and you could be making two hundred thousand dollars a year and say that. But it's still a job because you don't enjoy it. It's temporary for you because most people don't last in their jobs. Right. No matter no matter uh, how many jobs they automate or whatever, there is always going to be work. There's always work to be done. You can always find something to work on. Prostitution. You know, whether it's <laughs> fucking... Uh, there's always things to do. You can always think of things to do. In, 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 you don't um, need jobs. In jobs Syria, are stupid. In Syria, when there were the refugee camps, um, there were women that started making baskets out of plastic bags. And so they took the plastic bags that they would find in the uh, wherever, mm-hmm. and they'd rip them, and then they'd sew them together, and they were making baskets and purses and all this kind of shit. Kill, kill those ladies. They kill them? No, it's it's just they they were trying to they're, do something. They're utilizing they were, something they, that I hope somebody there. kills those ladies. They're using whatever they could find to create a new economy. Right. And it was and it's it became actually, weaving out of plastic, out of garbage. They basically took they're u- garbage. They're using it. Yeah. I think that's smart. Yeah. That, I mean, because we got so much garbage floating around in the water. Those so, ladies are probably witches. They're absolutely witches. That's a, and that's another historically interesting thing is that women who were educated that witches and witch burnings in the 15s and 1600s that was all just a land grab because they were moving from a place of feudal landlords into people being able to own property and when Steal fathers property. would die and if they didn't if if a if a man left his money to his wife or his, his stuff then the the town would say well we want that land she's a witch she killed her husband and people are like what and then they try them and say oh and then no, they, they wrote they, this they book go, the hammer of huh? witches well they wrote a book huh? they wrote a book called the hammer of witches and these guys went around and they're like oh Oh, she has a birthmark here, or she said this. Or really? She has a. She can oh, read. No. She has a cat, and so they then they just kill them, and then they take their land. So it was like, oh, she don't cast no spells on me. So, and that's exactly what was happening. Is that so? And if there was a if there was a girl, and maybe she didn't want to get married for whatever reason, she's they a would witch. just they, she's a witch. They would take her money. An old an older woman. Whether if, if you're if you didn't you needed a husband to have protection from everybody calling you a witch and killing you. Mm-hmm. It was a bad, it was a sad time for women. 
It, I mean, when it isn't it. Oh, the, oh, the, the witch, witch trials. trials. Oh, the hammer oh, the of the 16, witches is dude, just, it's so the mouth. That is some sick shit. And that's something. like right when y'all came over here. I'm like, y'all doing sick sh- I mean, the, not yeah. only do you start, you don't, first of all, you start off coming here on the Mayflower, you know, hang, hanging out with some natives. And then you're like, hey, by the way, here's some chicken pox. Yes. Die. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. y'all start killing your own by yeah. saying bitches are witches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and then and then y'all brought some Negroes here and be like, I mean, y- white people, y'all because came off to a great start here. That's how you make. That's how I you mean, make not. Money. Yeah. I mean, no wonder England like said like bye, <laughs> bye, don't come back. Though it, the, though the British are are very guilty in their colonialism oh and the, the indentured servitude stuff was interesting too about how people came over white ireland all all, all kinds of people came over with the um my favorite is the irish during the reconstruction that story of how the irish were what <laughs> how the irish were almost as low as the blacks at one point in time during well, reconstruction that's the whole point is that we as Americans say we like immigration, but then we don't. So it used to be this crazy. We didn't want the Germans. We didn't want the Irish. We didn't. There was and the thing and is, the there Italians. was there were the Welsh, there were the Scotch Irish, and there also even in the Irish, they were trying to like be like, well, we're Scotch Irish, so we're not we're not those Irish people. We're not. Yeah, that's how we're Protestant. That's how disgusting Irish. the Irish are. That like in, in the, the midst of like the the thickest slavery, people are like. The Irish, I think they're as bad as the blacks. But it's right there next to England. Here's the insane part. So the English Irish is fine. English is fine, apes. but Scotch Irish is gross. And it's right there. It's so close. But and that's the other thing. England was fine, and France is fine. But Germany, fuck the Germans, because the Germans were trying to keep their own identity. Yeah. Oh, and they the were Irish, like the, the Irish uh, died because the potatoes didn't grow, and they're surrounded by water, and there's few pot- potatoes. Well, there are other things to eat there too. Well, they have lamb. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The potatoes. The potato famine. And then they just didn't eat anything because they're fucking retarded. <laughs> they're the dumbest people on the planet. I don't know. He's, yeah. And they some are. might the say that, some worst. say the Polish. Potato waves. It's just, it's funny. <laughs> it's potato waves. The funny thing is, is all of the, the immigration history the, the white on white crime and then now we're then we're like there well we okay whites are okay whites are fine the Irish are fine now because it's those dirty oh Asians God. it's those dirty Asians and then it's well it's not them it's those crazy Latinos those gross we just keep changing it like the you idea you don't know what you hate. you hate everything here's the other thing is that America was built on this concept of melting pot, but I don't even necessarily agree with that because that eschews your actual identity for melting it in and becoming something else. Basically, to be an American, we say, throw off your old culture and become an American. Eat a cheeseburger. Eat a cheeseburger. Speak speak white. (laughs) Speak Speak English. Speak white. You know, and it becomes... The melting pot idea is... You sort of retain some of your ness, but then you take on all the rest of the identity of everyone. Well, man, I'm all for that. I think it'd be great. I hey, I I need to know how to make better baklava. You know what I'm saying? But and that's the other thing: Armenians, Turkish, Greek. It is all so close. We are on one fucking earth. Why are we saying these people are better than these people, and these people aren't contributing, or these are, or these people are worth more than these, or this labor is more important than this labor, and this? Well, like, I mean, what? we, I mean, we as human beings, going as far back as like hunter gatherers, we've always been tribal. But um, the problem is colonialism actually made it worse 
with you know how tribal we are mm. um and mind you colonialism started way over 500 years ago so i mean us as human beings we've always been like we're animals we're mammals you know we're getting on a ship and we're taking over somewhere else yeah exactly and so with colonialism that didn't because it spread these ideas these falsehoods of different types of people to other types of people that aren't true like for example a lot of i would say chinese and japanese are kind of racist toward black people i've noticed that because i've noticed all these racist like ads in from china and japan um of depicting black people as caricatures of monkeys and you know lower class you know just like how america pictures us but even in a worse in a worse light you know but that's because colonialism brought them that stereotype and even within their own community wow. with, yeah, with the point. Asians yeah even with Asians there's the <gasps> hatred with, with the Southeast Asians double-lidded the I, darker the, you know the darker Asian is the poor Asian that works in the field the lighter Asian and then my that, eyes have been opened to the double-lidded controversy of I had no idea until I met Bernice Ying everybody look her up a uh, wonderful comic out of Seattle I had no idea that there's this thing among Asians where if you are double-lidded like a white person, you're worth more. And I didn't realize if you ever go to OMG, if you ever go to OMG, and I've been standing outside OMG and I'm looking up at this above Dottie's thing, there's this billboard, and it's of an Asian lady and an Asian lady, and there's money next to it, and it's in Asian. And I'm being funny there when I say it's in Asian. Anyways, now that I learned about the double-lidded conspiracy, I look at it, and it's surgery to have double Double lids. lids. So they take their eyes, like there's a whole racism within Asian culture. Yeah. against people Turns that with slantier eyes. Racist. Everyone's racist even against themselves. Mm-hmm, because so it's this like Guess who brought that idea to them though? We did because it's the double lidded, it's the white. It's the it's it has some, tribal monkeys I know that's what I was saying, but I also said colonialism made it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we are trying. But if all the Chinese people, all they see is themselves, and they all of them are single-lidded, and suddenly they're like, "Oh my God, these Asians with these double lids—they're so much more beautiful." Now they're turning it into more European, but they're saying beautiful in their culture. They're spending all this money on getting eyelids made well that's the and almost, i'm like what well, that's almost the oh here's something that go, like goes on in the black community and mostly in the caribbean and africa bleaching the skin mm. yeah that's a big issue of like the you know the dark you are you you're not as acceptable as someone my complexion who is more fair skin so bleaching makes you closer to that european um idea of what beauty is yeah, and yeah. that goes for the same thing uh, with the eyes with uh, certain Asians I'm enraged that you know Julie the Chan. hair I'm enraged that that African that women that black women have this thing with hair and it's that it's white complex. hair is supposedly straight. Well, I mean, the European aesthetic. The thing is, everyone hates their, even like, I hate my hair. I feel like my hair is so thin and straight. And, and I'm sure other people will be like, oh my God, I love your hair. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's and even with like, we'll go into the factor of like, you know, certain. I see white women having an issue of like being thin and thinner and what have you. This idea of beauty. No one listens to you unless you're skinny and pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another European aesthetic. But certain parts of Europe, 
there are women that were big and beautiful and that was their idea of beauty right rubenesque uh, there was Ruben, a, like mona lisa and like paul, paul rubens it was a what is a guy he he drew larger women more buxom yeah. women and at that time being more fleshy was a sign of wealth because yeah. you had enough money to fucking eat so yeah every day right instead of eating like you know potatoes or whatever people ate back then root vegetables or not eating anything but if whatever was happening the, if you could eat if you had, if you were eating food and you were fat people were like wow she's wealthy wow, and she got they some titties are fucking rich yeah yeah she got some titties and a, a warm place to sleep at night it's you know it's all that stuff that and it goes back to capitalism too that they're trying to sell us constantly there's so much of industry is based on self-esteem and nothing. Body odor wasn't even a thing in the 20s. People didn't take as many showers. There was no deodorant. There was like, we created hair. There was hair dye. I mean, we created all these things. That Some of it's a blessing and some of it's a fucking curse. But it's it's crazy to me that it's, it's institutionalized. It's, it's we, in the past 100 years, 150 years since the Industrial Revolution or whatever, we're like, this... The thing, like, if you could type out the things that you consume every day and compare it with what a person consumed, I don't know, in 1880 or something, it's just funny to me food, that food. I don't waste food. We okay. waste food oh, constantly. So much. There, I, mean, I mean, I would say, like, even going back 50 years ago, people probably didn't waste as much food as we do now. Well, they didn't even have packaged food. All the packaging of food came about after World War II because they used all of this new technology to make rations for all the soldiers. And they came back they're like, up oh, the war's over. What the fuck do we do with all these canning processes and all this all these bags and yeah tv dinners it it is it became cereal on the market shelves it became cookie it became fig newtons it became absolutely all of those packaging things and now if you look at a when you used to look at a grocery store it was like meat dairy vegetables grains or whatever bread or the bread you even got from the baker whatever Mm -hmm. but now when you go to a grocery store the center is all packaged stuff. And when you go like, oh, I want some crackers, you can stand. There's like 70, there's 70 types of crackers. crackers. Yeah. There's, right. If a white person's out looking for crackers, there's like even at Trader Joe's and who and which white person is it? I like the brown crackers myself, but they got flavor. Like, I, <laughs> just cracker shopping later. We got to go. But there's like how many, how many, one of my buddies came from the Philippines. And he said when he was seven, the thing that tripped him out the most when he was in the grocery store was looking in the cereal aisle and he couldn't get out of the cereal aisle because he just, he was like, at home there were Rice Krispies and Cheerios and they weren't even in a box. They just came out of a bag kind of thing and you just, and he got there and he was just like looking and then, and then you get into like the Hostess cupcake aisle, like all of the, he was just like, unnecessary bullshit, the Debbie snack cakes. I mean, all of those things. He was like, what is happening? We're so spoiled and we waste it too. Yeah. And it, it's it's so like we deserve everything we have. Entomins can last for how long? You know what I mean? Like how long does it last on a shelf? Twinkies last 12 20 years on a shelf? Like Yeah, I, that's right. They never get old. But I mean, the thing is it's just it, we're terrible people. I think I, th- I well, human beings are terrible, period. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I think the, I, this is why I hate everyone equally because you've, ah, yeah. you've all fucked up somehow, some way. But there is one demographic that's fucked up more. I'm just gonna say that millennials, Asians. When I say one demographic, Clown. you know who I'm talking about. White, <laughs> then, yeah. well, rich white dudes. 
well, you said they don't white. have to be rich. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. White. I love Mexico. I love Mexico. Jugglers. <laughs> I'm yep. just going to stick Jugglers. with one demographic. Jugglers. But anyway, um, it you know, the thing is, it, it's food yeah. is very important. Yeah. It's, it's like the one thing. If, if we could get back to basics and just make it, what do we need to survive? And, and if, if, we could, if we could figure that out, we could provide for everybody. So why is it that when we have the means and the ability to make sure that everyone has, a, has shelter and food and bathrooms, why don't we do that? Because we... Because, because uh, I'm sure we could do that, but I, as some dude, could take 30 billion of those people's things and then I'd have so much stuff. I could have that, but I mean, everybody could have some, or I could have a lot. Yeah, but that's just being greedy and honorary and no, a, and a hoarder. No, I deserve this stuff. <laughs> that is privilege. I don't know yeah. if you guys heard that out no, there, I but I worked pretty hard for it, and I took all their stuff. It's all mine now. Mine, mine, mine. It's manifest. It's mine, it's, mine. it's manifest destiny. That, it's, that is, I saw it. I deserve it. See, it's mine. I think this is why. I, the, I think this is why a certain demographic is afraid of twenty forty. Because the fact they feel that we're going to go and do what they did to us. Take all you shit. But the thing is that capitalism... We're going to do that. Though. Capitalism only benefits a small... It, it, it benefits a small group. And it exists on the backs of the many. And Amazon and pay taxes this year. I mean, who... And we pay our tax. We have to pay our I taxes. I had to pay my taxes this year. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, Jeff Bezos is the best, huh? I'm really we went over it the other week um, the Green New Deal and the four pillared approach and it's funny because every single thing that it proposes I 100% believe in number one the one way to sort of equitize that's the wrong word um, remove all student debt remove all student loan debt and make higher education free if we could here's a problem you a lot of people aren't ready to go to college and that's fine Leave education for the people that really want to learn. Don't force people to go to yes. college. Yes. Why are we doing that? Why are we saying that if you don't go to college, you're not? But why, if you're not ready to learn, I got this book, Coming to America, when I was it's a sophomore year, sophomore year of college at UC San Diego. I was taking a class on immigration, and I don't remember learning that much. And now I'm going back to this book, and I'm reading it, and it's informing me like in a crazy way. I wasn't... My brain didn't want to learn that shit when I was 20. Why did they force me to do that? Why do we say, well, this is what you do to go to college. You have to learn all these different things to have the breadth of knowledge. And it's like, I wasn't ready to learn that. And now, now I'm soaking it up and I'm glad I have this book. But we force people into well, education with the promise of this other life. And some of us who are forced, though, end up learning. You know, I think certain things that my professors did, you know, did like force me to do, I probably wouldn't have did on my own. Sure. You know, but that depends on what you're teaching as well. You know, I think also a lot of, you know, with academia, schools don't give students their time to be patient so mm. they can learn because everyone learns at their own speed. Sure. That's the problem, I think, right there. But with history, Oh, they don't, no patience. But the the thing too is that a lot of people aren't, their brains aren't ready 
to understand what history is or they're like history is boring which is our fault because it's not history isn't history is the least boring thing in fact we're constantly making up story like history is incredibly entertaining like it's entertaining but it's it's actually very important it's so important yeah there's there's our video uh more about this ridiculous um trumpy stuff it's just it's so stupid uh Although, Latoya, I was very excited. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Coming up next on Some Call Me Tim, I've got Murad Shockey. But I put in uh, Trump is into into the search bar. And what we came out with was Trump is an idiot. Trump is real. Trump is a moron. Trump is insane. Trump is stupid. So it's so wonderful right now that even the gestalt of sort of everyone is that he's a pile of dog shit. And we need to do something about it. But are we going to do anything about it? We're back on the I mean, yay. are we going to do anything about it? I, I don't, don't know. I think the Democrats are a bunch of puss pusses. Absolutely. And I knew this was going to happen. I knew that. Now, the Justice Democrats, which are the social, uh, the social, yeah, socialist Democrats, excuse me. Like um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Ocasio Cortez, they're, they're, they're you're the coolest. We love you, love you, love you, yeah. and you're awesome. They're trying to start a petition for uh, impeachment hearings, and same with Elizabeth Warren. And by the way, I wanted to mention when you were talking about Ooh. the for, uh, the um, free the tuition, yeah. she just came out with a proposal with tra- taxing uh, those who make over fifty million dollars. Uh, and with that tax, that can help. Basically, she's trying to wash away student debt. Love it. Love her. Yeah, it's that's, a yoke. It's the yoke that's keeping people down. It's it's holding people back. It's it's, it's har- harmful for our economy. It's exactly. Harmful. It's it's terrible. If you and the thing is like, if you want to play these this capitalistic game, then here's capitalism one on one. When when you have student debt with people in like my generation and younger or a little bit older you aren't able to buy a house you can't buy a car you can't travel you can't spend as much money in the economy you can't do yeah yeah because you're student because you're saddled yeah exactly your debt is a debt to you within for the rest of your life yeah and especially with how much college and yeah the inflation it's so ridiculous academy of thought costs like a hundred thousand dollars a year for an undergraduate degree you really can only go there if you're stupid rich and why would you throw that much money at it it's got to be nepotistic what is it i guess because they're connected with Lucasfilm so if you're going to have a design degree like you have a design degree that costs $400,000 go fuck yourself you're never going to make that much money yeah like how, how do you are pay you that ever off? Gonna, yeah how do you well, pay that off so then it becomes well it do are if schools are more expensive does that mean they're better what does it mean what are you learning what are they teaching what are you getting out of it are you getting is it because of the connections that you get like what the fuck well i mean the thing i still think like going to college is very important but i also think that Make make that choice before you want to become, become in debt. Yeah. <laughs> make that choice of make sure that what you want to find, not a job, is a career. And you don't. I don't think you should have to start as soon as you graduate out of high school. I think sometimes it's healthier to take like a year or so, or right. go into January of after you graduate from high school to find out what you want to do. Go. Ginny G- Hogan is a hack and a terrible comedian. But she went to Stanford and now she gets published in the New Yorker and she's fucking garbage. Ginny, you're garbage. Sorry. It's, it's all who you know. That's all 100% accurate. She is a hack at best. Well, and she went to Stanford. She, well, and it's the people that 
come from money will always have it's it's one of those things where everyone is i mean calvin coolidge said it like the there's nothing more common than a person with talent who doesn't succeed. Yeah. There's nothing more common. That's a, that's a quote from Coolidge. Coolidge. Yeah. Um, so talented people, there's there are a dime a dozen, but it's, it's, it's who you know. It's, it's, it's who's going to, it's know. nepotistic. It's who you know and how you're, you and so it, it hustle, man. well, and that's the thing. Sometimes you can hustle, but then it's, I mean, it's also, it's so hard to be likable. It's yeah, and then if you try to be likable, then that's unlikable. So, I don't, I don't know. This is. Um, Why do people try to talk me out of killing myself? Yeah, <laughs> because people like your dusty uh, ass. This is this is this is a fun little thing. Let's cut the shit. Donald Trump is insane, and yes, mental health professionals are freaking out about about it. Insane adjective, in a state of mind that prevents normal perception, behavior, or social interaction. Seriously, mentally ill. Too shocking or outrageous, so insane in the in the membrane. Uh, President Donald Trump took to Twitter to defend both his intelligence and his mental stability. Three events seemed to have prompted this. First, when the fake news when news broke the day before that a Yale psychiatrist named Dr. Brandy Lee had briefed members of Congress about Trump's fitness for office. The second was the release of the book Fire and Fury by Michael Wolff, which had been released. Uh, the day after and the third was a segment on Fox and Friends which had aired just 10 minutes prior there are a few points worth noting here Uh, first his assertion that the Russian collusion has been proven a total hoax is false the investigation is still well now we know they're still they're safe second Ronald Reagan's mental health really was compromised so it makes no sense for Trump to bring him up third Trump did not win the presidency on his first try he ran on the reform party ticket back in 2000 but was defeated by Pat Buchanan a racist finally uh, people who are mentally stable and intelligent don't need to defend either uh this is, anyways, this is not the first time Donald Trump has tried to defend his sanity, but the need for him to continue to do so seems more and more necessary these days as evidence continues to mount that calls into question his ability to lead a nation. Simply put, Donald Trump is insane. Let's cut the shit, people. He's going to get people killed if Congress does not act to remove him. Do we really need to wait until there's a body count? God, that's so true. Many mental health professionals have grown increasingly alarmed by Donald Trump's behavior since defeating Hillary Clinton and being sworn as the nation's 45th president. Over a thousand psychiatrists have started a movement to warn people about the danger he represents. That number represents a tiny fraction of all the doctors and master's level therapists who are generally concerned about the man's ability to govern. (laughs) That's crazy. I want to look at this movement. This is a movement. Uh, well, they're absolutely right about the fact that he's going to end up having someone killed. Especially, you know, uh, the uh, Muslim uh, congresswoman. I'll let you finish. This, this is crazy. This is yeah. called, this is a duty to warn.org. Kickstarter? A duty to warn.org. They have uh, a Kickstarter. This is, what is a duty to warn? Duty to warn is an association of mental health professionals and other concerned citizens who advocate Trump's removal under the 25th Amendment on the grounds that he is psychologically unfit. Joining right fucking now. Everybody go to a dutytowarn.org. 
Hashtag unfit. Yeah, new support the hashtag unfit movie. Get rewarded for helping the duty to warn documentary about the danger posed by an unfit leader like Donald Trump. The film features mental health professionals and other experts with a duty to warn. Learn more about this. This is great. Efforts to bring a duty to warn into the spotlights have been ongoing since Trump first stepped into the political ring. We are joined by mental health professionals from various fields, including but not limited to psychiatry, psychology, medicine, public health, public policy, and social work. In every field, professionals have been voicing their concern about the president's instability. I fucking love these guys. Uh, what is the Goldwater rule? The Goldwater rule is not absolute. We have a duty to warn about a leader who is dangerous to the health and security of our patients. Mental health professionals are sufficiently alarmed that they feel the need to speak up about the mental health status of the president. Um, this is so cool. Mental health professionals are mandated reporters with a duty to warn our patients and the community around us if we feel there is a potential danger. In this case, we collectively feel there is a duty to warn the public of the threat of Donald Trump poses to both our nation and the planet. Mm-hmm. How great is that? <laughs> I love these guys. Um, you can contact them. They have a Twitter. They have, they have books. They have... Uh, there's a new book called nu- Nuclear Madness and the Mind of Donald Trump. Will President Trump destroy civilization or win the Nobel Peace Prize? Humankind's survival feels like a jump ball that could go either way. We are perched on a precipice, and the reason we are looking into the abyss of nuclear annihilation is the American president has unencumbered unilateral control over the codes. One thing we do know for sure is the mind of Donald Trump is currently in control of our fate. Never before have the codes been in the hands of a man who who many observers view as unstable and erratic. The 24 experts who contributed to this book analyzed President Trump's behavior, hoping to prove provide insights into what may be the most urgent question of our time will trump what will trump do with the big button see i i feel as if it's not just trump though oh, they yeah. have to get the you have to get the senates the senators the republican senators because they're letting him get away with absolutely this. A clear and present danger, Narcissism in the Era of Donald Trump by Leonard Cruz and Stephen Busser. Overview, Narcissism is epidemic and there is scarcely a domain that is immune. A clear and present danger, Narcissism in the Era of Donald Trump brings together best-selling authors, university professors, and practicing clinicians. Every country has the government it deserves, said Alexis de Tocqueville, author of Democracy in America. Whatever history eventually records about the 2016 presidential election, election, this frank and thoughtful exploration of narcissism will prove to be a timely and timeless study. I love it. I want these books. So there's legislative action. Everybody go to a dutytowarn.org and check them out. Oh, they have bills. The 25th Amendment Political Action Committee is dedicated to achieving rapid removal of President Trump either by the exercise of the 25th Amendment or impeachment as he is dangerous and psychologically unfit to serve. Boom. You can donate. Um, Wouldn't something bad going to happen to all of them? I, God. I'm just this, waiting for it. This is the House, Rep, House Bill 1987 Oversight Commission on President Capacity Act. The 115th Congress... Uh, Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin has taken a bold and important step by introducing a bill that would mandate a procedure for medically and psychiatrically evaluating a president who is suspected of being incapacitated to a degree that would require removal under the 25th Amendment, i.e. the Oversight Commission on Presidential Capacity. I love it! Don't donate. 
Yeah. Also you can, donate to uh, Mutiny. Yeah, donate to Mutiny Radio. This is uh, this is a real thing. The Oversight Commission on Presidential Capacity Act, and this goes to Congress.gov because it's a real thing. And um, the bill establishes the legislative branch as an oversight commission on presidential capacity to determine whether the president is mentally or physically unable to discharge the powers and duties of office. The commission, within 72 hours after the Congress adopts a concurrent resolution directing it to do so, shall conduct a medical examination to determine if the president is temporarily or permanently impaired by physical illness or disability, mental illness, mental deficiency, or alcohol or drug use to the extent that he or she lacks sufficient understanding or capacity to execute the powers and duties of the office of president. And within 72 hours after completing the examination, shall the report its findings and conclusions to the Speaker of the House of Representatives and the president pro tempore of the Senate. <gasps> I love this. I know you love it, but it's not, it's this. not, I don't think it, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, no, gonna nothing's going to happen. But this is, I mean, at least it exists. Somebody's, somebody's making a bill. Of well, course it's not going to pass. I know, but because the Democrats are, what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, this is, is uh, the impeachment. There's on congress.gov, the uh, oversight commission, rules of impeachment now you know what's funny is they keep going watching mainstream news they keep going back to the clinton impeachment yeah and with certain senators like uh who's that piece of shit lindsey lindsey graham uh, of north carolina how he was talking um he was there doing clinton's impeachment saying the exact opposite of what he's saying with donald trump he's been very silent though He's not for impeachment because, you know, Lindsey Graham needs his friends because <laughs> John McCain is dead. You can't be friends with a dead guy. You can, but you can have a fight with him, just yeah, like Trump did. Just like Trump did. Yeah, he was for no fighting, reason. Fighting with a dead man, a man dead. that's been... That's, who was, was a hero, who was shot down He couldn't raise the Vietnam. roof, but still... He was a pilot. He was a pilot, which is pretty awesome, who was shot down, who was in a POW camp for four years, def, def, defaming the name of John McCain. Like, and I, don't, I, don't, I ain't no fan of fucking Republicans, but I you know, have yeah. to respect. Vietnam was fucked up. And people were doing what they could also, with with limited information. Yeah, that's another thing. Thank you. Yeah, he had some money. He different came from money, and he was he still got his shoulders crushed. Five years. I my, my black ass would be like, bye. See you. I'm going back home, sucker. But I mean, yeah, you're gonna fight with the debt. See, this is when you know this person is. Ment- I don't know. I I don't even want to use mentally ill. I think the fact that he's just straight he's, up crazy. I think that he's mentally ill because of the narcissism. I think that we've proven we've gone through in the past. Yeah, but he's always personality. Been a, he's disorder. always been a sick individual. I mean, with all the all the way back to the housing discrimination, and then putting back in 1989, putting out that ad of the Central Park Five, and then in 1993 saying that Native Americans don't look—they don't look native to me—and then the shit he did with his ex-wives, and I mean, and then his son, his own son, the uh, not Doofus Part Two, Doofus Number One, didn't even talk to him for a year because of how much of a shithead he was he's always been a shit i mean come on his dad went to hung out with at the clan rally so he the piece of shit doesn't far from the, the piece of shit tree if that makes any sense there, uh, yeah there is a piece and notice his face is getting older and older and age it's like slipping away it's well, he's like the oldest president away. we've ever had 
Oh, really? Older He's than the oldest, Reagan? Yeah. When, when Reagan was elected, he was younger. This is the oldest president we've ever had. Oh, God. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, I blame... I blame the Republican Party and the Democrats for not doing a damn thing. Well, it's that that's the whole thing is that none of this is none of this is real. We're all we're all being tricked. That's that's the whole thing. Is even no. Democrats love capitalism. The problem here is capitalism. Well, the it's, problem. It's not even that though. It's that they have a position of power. It could be like if if this was uh, like communism, right? Uh, you still have a group of people who have uh, set themselves up in a position where they have, you know, they have a seat of power. And doesn't capitalism is kind of arbitrary at that point because you have power. You know what I mean? Right. So they have this thing and they want to hold on to it. And so let's just fucking play patty cake and tell these people that they hate each other and then we'll fucking, right. we can keep this forever. Yeah, we can keep it because we want all the things in the stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. And these people are too stupid to run themselves. I mean, we have to tell them what to do, or else they'll just—I don't know—probably blow themselves up or something. And we have to tell them that the brown people are still in their jobs. Right. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. well. It's just—it's just anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant rhetoric. This is like classic anti-immigrant one-on-one. They used this shit back in the day. You know that, kids. Yeah. They use that to your own people. All of, I mean, why, all why is the other demographics sometimes so slow? Well, here's this is 10 things, uh, 10 things Trump supporters are too stupid to realize. Huh. One, Trump recently wanted socialist universal health care. I'm not talking about something that happened 10 or 20 years ago either. Donald Trump's original health care plan as of September 2015 involved universal health care for every American citizen. For real. I'm not making that up. Here's an article from Breitbart, a super conservative website that you probably trust more than you trust us, that proves it. It wasn't the first time he pushed for universal health care either. Here's what he published in 2000. Quote, I'm a conservative on most issues, but a liberal on health. It is an unacceptable but accurate fact that the number of uninsured Americans has risen to 42 million. Working out a detailed plan will take time, but the goal should be clear. Our people are our greatest asset. We must take care of our own. We must have universal health care. Okay, that's a quote from 2000. That's a quote from 2000. Two, Trump used to support gun control. He was big on banning assault weapons, as well as background checks and waiting periods. When he wrote his book back in 2000, nowadays he's more conservative. But you know how people love to rail on Hillary because she's a flip-flopper? He's a flip-flopper too. So in 2000, he said all these things. The thing I love most about Donald Trump is that right after 9-11, he, he, was on, he said it was an inside job. He's like, no one knows demolition like I know demolition. And that was an inside job. Oh, he also said too that, he, uh, but he also said, this means the Trump Tower is the tallest building now. Oh my God. <laughs> he totally said that. I have the biggest penis. I have, the, shit, I, I have the biggest the penis. Well, he knows he knows demolition, and he knows that 9/11 was an inside job. But that's true. That's accurate. Though. Right. That is truth, and that's accurate. Well, so is that in 2000 he was calling for universal health care, and for an assault, a banning on assault weapons. But now he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're backing me. Okay, whatever you want. Um, Trump supported Hillary Clinton. Yep. Speaking of Hillary Gave Clinton, her guess who was a big supporter yep. of hers? Gave Donald her Trump, that's who. He financially backed her Senate campaigns yep. repeatedly and made a huge donation to the Clinton Foundation sure of more than $100,000. Yep. Hillary Clinton had a front row seat at Trump's most recent wedding in 2005. Mm-hmm. Bill was at the reception. He's been in cahoots with the Clintons in the past. I mean, Duh. there was a Christmas party not too long ago. I saw pictures of them all together. 
for stupid people. Trump isn't really Donald Trump's last name. His no. last name is actually Drumpf. Drumpf. D-R-U-M-P-F. Not kidding. His family changed it right before they came to America. That's right. Ooh. The immigrant hater not only employed illegal immigrants, he's descended of immigrants too. Of course, you are probably too, and that hasn't stopped you. <laughs> Five, Trump speaks like a third grader. Do you know why he's appealing to stupid people? Because he speaks their language. When a bunch of researchers analyzed Trump's speeches, they found that he uses small words and short sentences and has the general vocabulary of a child in the third grade. Maybe the fact that he talks plain appeals to you, but shouldn't a president be smarter than you? No. Don't you want a leader who actually thinks? You yes. know, a leader with a brain? A functional brain? No! You look like Nazis. There's no pleasant way of telling you this, but when you have a booger hanging out of your nose, it's polite for someone to tell you before you end up getting embarrassed. Donald Trump's supporters look like Nazis at his rallies. Sticking your right hand up in the air and chanting your allegiance to Donald Trump while all the people who disagree with him are beaten up and dragged away, all while your charismatic leader rambles about how much he hates people of certain ethnicities... You don't need to be a genius to see the similarities here, people. Trump hates poor people, including you. Most yeah. of Donald Trump's supporters are poor. You might uh-huh. hope to be wealthy like the Donald someday, that but chances gonna are you won't be. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm just being honest with you. And because you're poor, Donald Trump thinks you're a stupid person who doesn't deserve to vote. These are, these are his words, not mine. You think poverty equals stupidity? Are you a dumb person just because you don't have as much money as he does? Well, you're supporting Trump, so you're definitely a stupid person but it's not because you're poor for most of you it's because your mom drank during her presidency during her presidency during her pregnancy just keeping it 100% folks I'm not sure why I'm even going on about this it's not as if you can read anyway eight Trump isn't actually explaining his positions he talked about how he talks about how awesome America will be under his reign during his presidency but he doesn't really tell us how he'll do any of this stuff the only people who hate Donald Trump more than Democrats are Republicans so he isn't going to be able to broker these fantasy deals he keeps telling you about and no Mexico won't pay for his wall why would they can you actually answer that question using factual information no you can't because that factual information doesn't exist don't buy the magic beans dummies (laughs) magic beans Trump won't keep us safe. I keep hearing Trump reporters claim, Trump supporters claim that Trump will keep us safe. How? He's afraid of fucking stairs. Yeah, how exactly will he do that? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't detail his plans in any way, which I just covered a minute ago, and how prone you are to forgetting stuff. He just talks tough and acts tough, but the evidence is there of him being capable of thinking strategically and intellectually. What evidence is there that can keep us out of wars or prevent terror attacks from striking American soul? I mean, soil. I mean, he plays a lot of video. I play a lot of video games, and that probably makes me 3,000 times more qualified to keep us safe than Donald Trump is. <laughs> I don't play video games. I'm just reading this guy's thing. 10. Trump lies to you constantly. The worst part is that he doesn't appear to realize that he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Remember when Donald Trump told you that unemployment was higher than the government claims? He was making that up. No. You know what's funny is he actually made 700,000 people be unemployed at the beginning of this year. How quickly we forgot. Isn't that Whoops. funny? Well, so people stop being stupid and realize they can't. that. And plus, they they vote the same stupid people in. 
dummies especially y'all in kentucky i got something to say for y'all like who keep who keeps reelecting mitch mcconnell (laughs) seriously y'all are one of the poorest states and then you do do y'all not like really yeah and mitch mcconnell net worth you want to know his net worth look at that face um god mitch mcconnell has a net worth of 17 million dollars who he got from his cronies <laughs> yeah how did he make all his money that's oh no so now we say the center for responsive political uh, politics pegs mitch mcconnell's net worth net worth at nearly 27 million dollars got that face and yet he's the what's the this he's is kentucky right yeah he's uh he's the senate majority leader so but let's look at the kentucky um minimum wage poor bad yeah so kentucky minimum wage is seven twenty-five an hour? That's pretty good. In, in, tw- in twenty nineteen. In twenty nineteen, right now. So right now in San Francisco. So, so technically, when you take taxes out, that's five nineteen an hour. Yes, and yet he has a net worth of twenty-seven million dollars. So I thought that public servants were supposed to be. How do you think you made that money? You think you made it not working minimum wage? You put yeah. Hours and hours and hours. Seven, seven twenty-five an He's hour. He's been working hours and hours on the campaign like trail and those phone calls with like the Koch brothers. Wow. So the federal minimum wage, the federal minimum wage is seven twenty-five an hour. Um. Wow. So this is interesting. Yes, we've been through this before. In Alabama, they have this is an interesting one. So if you make seven twenty five an hour, you're making two hundred and ninety for a forty hour week. You're making fifteen thousand eighty dollars a year, and that's before taxes. Now, if you're making if you're working a forty hour week at minimum wage, then you are you Under the poverty struggling. level, the poverty level of the United States right now is sixteen thousand. You don't have to pay taxes if you make under sixteen thousand because you don't make enough money. But that's a forty-hour work week. That's crazy. I mean, this. I, I guess the standard of living costs a lot less in Alabama. Yeah, but that's still not survival in Alabama. It's true. That's still yeah, not. in Kentucky. So Kentucky's the same way. Two hundred and ninety for a forty-hour work week is fifteen thousand eighty. No, these are the red states California. too. So California. At twelve dollars an hour, you That's make four hundred and eighty a week, which is twenty four thousand. That's ridiculous. Nine hundred and sixty a year for a, for a forty hour work week. That that's ridiculous too. At at fifth, I mean, at, I wonder. California is an expensive ass state. It's one of the most expensive states, and shame on California too. Twelve dollars an hour. Well, yeah, there's there's different ones. So there's Berkeley's twelve fifty three, Cupertino we're, we're 15, fifteen, El Cerrito fifteen, San Francisco fifteen, uh, Emeryville fourteen. Oh, this is interesting. If you're, um, they're they're having it go up. Los Altos fifteen, Los Angeles. It's all different, but some are fifteen. Milpitas thirteen fifty, Mountain View fifteen sixty five, Oakland thirteen eighty, Palo Alto thirteen fifty. Now, why is it thirteen eighty? Round that shit up to fifteen in Oakland. Yeah. I know why y'all doing that. Let's, uh, let's look at Missouri. Let's oh, see, that's Missouri. my home state. Let's see let's what see happened. Happening in Missouri. They've actually fucked up on the minimum wage. Eight sixty an hour. All right, so three hundred forty four for a forty hour work week. Seventeen thousand eight hundred eighty eight a year. And so you're you're so then you're in the weird place where you're not um, eligible for a lot of things because you make too much money. When you make it's th- there's a funny thing. It's like if you make under sixteen thousand a year. 
you get lots of services. But then there's a gap until you start making about 42000 a year. So anything in between, you're just the working poor because you have to pay so much for all of your medical benefits and then for your fucking school loans. I mean, if you're paying $500 a month for your student loans, how can you afford to take a lease out on a car? You can't. Unless you enslave yourself to Lyft and then you get one of their this things and then you have to work to have the car. I mean, this is bad. Like, no one should be making under twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars a year. I, I mean, today should have universal basic income. You should. I mean, this is. What's your favorite state, Zach? Let's look and see how much they make. Um, Ohio, North Carolina, North Carolina. They are poor. Yeah, I, let's. We'll find out. They are seven twenty-five an hour. They're what the. They're the base. That fifteen, Maine. 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 Do they care about their people in Maine? Seven, tw- eleven an hour. So eleven dollars an hour is twenty-two thousand eight hundred eighty a year. New England. New England. New England is not a place. It's not a place that would, uh, that would Vermont, be, New Hampshire, yeah. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Let's look at Massachusetts. Twelve dollars an hour in Massachusetts. Vermont. Vermont. Here we go for Vermont. Ten seventy-eight an hour. Because ain't nobody living there. Twenty-two thousand four hundred and <laughs> Illinois. Twenty-two Illinois. I think Illinois is twelve. Yeah, they're probably pretty progressive. I would hope. Um, I'm. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know my eyes. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Illinois eight twenty-five. Oh, an hour. shame on you! Unbelievable. Shame on you! Wow. Shame on 17, you! Seventeen thousand one hundred and six year, and that's if you work a forty-hour work week. That's Shame on you, Illinois, crazy. and misery to my home state. That's that's I mean, fucked up, and it's and at overtime you only make twelve thirty eight. Wow, I'm just I'm surprised. I think we've done Oklahoma before. I I, I love we've done Alaska. This before. How about Alaska? Nine eighty nine an hour. They make more in Alaska 20, hourly 000, than in Illinois. Yeah, twenty thousand five hundred and seventy one a year. Shame. But they all get scurvy because they don't have any vegetables. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and they got and they got Sarah Palin. Alaska has several special cases in which the applicable minimum wage is higher or lower. School bus drivers in Alaska must earn at least double minimum wage. Farm workers, fishermen, cab drivers, and employee governments are exempt from the Alaska minimum wage. Huh. Yeah. Employees classified as executive, professional, or administrative workers like are exempt from both Alaska's minimum wage and overtime laws. Like some of the fishing jobs will pay below minimum wage, but you can still walk out of there with like $10,000. That's like a- it's just crazy. How is um, what, what we find people's labor to be worth? And... And I want, and, oh man, I'm such a Marxist. Anyways, I think that we really need to get back to this universal basic income. Let's let's finish on that. Univer, I can't even spell in the universal. Cops, um, can you uh, show that over here? <laughs> what did he mean? Yeah, it's it's backwards, but it says cops rule, crimers drool. <laughs> Take that, crimers. Don't be no, a crimer. There's no microphone right there. Either. Don't be a crimer. <laughs> he spoke into a, a non-microphone. A non, that was really a funny. Non-microphone. Uh, Take that, crimers. <laughs> there you go. Universal. You know, it's a decal. I'm going to put on a cop car. <laughs> what would a universal basic income mean for America? Stockton thinks it has its answer. Young, sincere, and raised on the edge of poverty, Suki Samra has a mother who worked two minimum wage jobs 
when she was a kid. Days at a gas station and nights at a subway. Her father is disabled. She knows what an extra 500 a month would have brought to her family. Hey, man, I know what 500 bucks a month would bring to me. That'd be crazy. I spent a lot of fifth, fifth and sixth grade just like in those tables at Subway so I could keep my mom some company and spend some nights with her, Samra said. 500 a month would have meant that my mom spent a couple more hours at home with us every night. At 23, Samra is now the head of Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration, nice. a pilot program to test a universal basic income. Uh, that's in Stockton, California. It's in Stockton, yeah. yeah. That's dope. From For the next year and a half, 130 residents of this struggling Central Valley City will get $500 every month with no strings, such as employment or sobriety requirements, attached in a social experiment that is as much public relations as rigorous research. Although its organizers have promised transparency so far, much of the program has been a card a closely guarded secret. The identities of the recipients have remained confidential while organizers plan a media strategy. Multiple requests by the Times to conduct interviews were denied. Still, what happens in Stockton is likely to inform the national political conversation in the years ahead. Universal basic income, also called guaranteed income, has become an unexpected topic amongst presidential candidates as the economy anxiety and income equality continue to plague voters on both sides of the political spectrum. The pilot program also could create a roadmap for implementing future basic income policies in other cities or on a nationwide scale. We are in a moment where big ideas are important and politically and politically people are ready for them, said Natalie Foster, co-chair of the Economic Security Project, a Silicon Valley organization that provided $1 million in initial funding for the $3.1 million program. The stories coming out of Stockton will put a real name and face on what the economic insecurity looks like and what it looks like to make a different political decision. Even though it's early in the campaign, most almost every Democratic presidential candidate has been asked about basic income and reparations, compensation paid to African Americans for the generational effects of slavery. Mm-hmm. Senator Kamala Harris, the front runner from California, has tiptoed up to the edge of basic income with a livable incomes proposal mm-hmm. that would target working families making up to $100,000 with a monthly cash grant. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of a college town in Indiana called Universal mm-hmm. Basic Income, an idea worthy of taking seriously. Longshot candidate Andrew Yang has made it the centerpiece of his run. He's torn to white supremacy. Stockton Mayor Stockton, Stockton Mayor Michael Tubbs said he has many touch points with Harris since the inception of the Stockton program. He said he's also been in contact with Raz Baraka, the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, and Amena Pawar, an alderman in Chicago, both cities that are exploring their own experiments with guaranteed income. I'm really happy to have other people lifting this up, Tubbs said. My hope was that it would start a national conversation. The idea of universal basic income has been floated alongside the equally controversial notion of reparations. Reparations would be different from universal basic income because it would involve an explicit acknowledgement of harm alongside government payments. Senator what I Elizabeth, want. Yeah, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and former Representative Beto O'Rourke of Texas, both Democrats who are running for president, have vowed to back legislation forming a committee to study reparations. I don't want to study that shit. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey 
last week announced he would introduce legislation to do just that. The Stockton program doesn't involve reparations, but it could provide insight on that too. While the overall poverty rate is about 22% in Stockton, the poverty rate among blacks is 35%. Dorian Warren, who co-founded the Economic Security Project with Foster and Facebook founder Chris Hughes, called basic income and reparations the two least popular ideas in American politics. But if it expands the sense of what's possible, Warren said, then indirectly, sure, it could lead to different conversations about reparations because they were both ideas that seem so out there and crazy and not American. Fuck you. The first universal basic income payments in Stockton were distributed on credit cards, debit cards in February. By the end of April, Samara expects to share tales from recipients, maybe similar to her own, of how that no-strings-attached cash was spent by a carefully selected group who have been dubbed storytellers for the program. And I'm thinking about moving to Stockton. <laughs> Just kidding. Final research results won't be available for a couple of years, but taking the unusual approach of asking some recipients to regularly chronicle their experiences for the public, backers hope to quickly demonstrate what a guarded guaranteed income can do. They are betting personal stories will resonate from statistics and graphs. How about dentistry? You know what? That's the thing. $500 a month strings no strings attached. That you puts more back into the the city. But you could you could have kids. You could actually have dentistry for your children or for yourself. There are people who haven't been to the dentist in 10 years and that would because be the they local. can't afford it because it's they say it's cosmetic, but it's not just cosmetic. But those that money when they go to the grocery store, when yes. they go to the gas station, yes. when they go shopping, yes. that that puts money back into the city of Stockton as well. So right. that's what that test is about too. And then also people put it away as well. Pay so off their bills. They, maybe when they pay off going their, to, to, to Exactly. So when people pay off their bills, that means, and they have a little bit money saved up that means that money is going to go back into your local income absolutely go oh right back God. into the city right back into your grocery stores into your gas stations yeah. into your laundromats into your like a lot of people like dry cleaning who can afford dry cleaning and most of those are mom and pop still sure you know but putting money if it's like trickle down economics doesn't work but if you give people five hundred dollars we shall a month, see the first universe, here we are. We have a real opportunity. We have a real opportunity to rethink how we think about the safety net and what it means to get by. And we want to take advantage of that, said Amy Castro Baker, an assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania and one of the principal researchers. I would argue that research is always informed by something that you would like to see happy, happen or not happen in the world, and we are owning that. Castro Baker said storytelling is absolutely not part of a regular research study. She said the experiences of the 25 storytellers might not be included in the final report if the data gathered from them seems skewed and the researchers are not involved in the effort to gather anecdotes. Samra said the storytellers were selected based on a review of interviews and the recipients by a panel that included her, members of Economic Security Project, and others. Data from another 100 recipients whose identity will remain confidential will make up the bulk of the research. Five other participants are backups in case others drop out over catastrophic illness, otherwise known as medical attrition, Castro Baker said. The final report will likely come in 2021, she said, although some information will be released as early as this fall in an ongoing basis via online dashboard that will provide information nice i'm stoked on this uh universal basic income let's yeah. get it let's talk and about for it. those who are to get who are against it those are usually rich people don't pay well, them no mind i mean 
Those I'm just going to be honest. If if there was an extra $500 a month for Mutiny Radio, it would change the whole game here. It would absolutely be a game changer. $500 a month would mean that I could pay my accountant who's worked for me for free since the inception of me being here. I could pay my tech guy who I've only paid once who continues to tirelessly work for free. So that's the thing. If, if someone's if someone's getting paid for a dollar they didn't earn, that means someone's working for a dollar they didn't get paid. And... Give us five hundred dollars. Give us money. This has been the AltaCast. Uh, I'd like to thank Latoya, Sheriff of Truth. Oh yeah, that which I'll see you tomorrow. Oh yeah, tomorrow at Piano Fight Mutiny Radio is playing. I think it's all three ladies tomorrow. It's you, me, and Joanna Bateman on the team. Matthew Quirk might be there as a substitute. Man, I'm excited. We've got a real. We've wait till you meet Joanna Bateman. She is so she commits. She is an actress. And nice. she, she was on the show on Pamtastics two weeks ago, and she blew my fucking mind. She did this thing where she was a fish. Uh, she, the girl commits. And then you're like, you've been taking improv classes. Yeah. I'm the weak link. I'm always the weak link on the team. But we're gonna have the t-shirts. Do you? You have a t-shirt. I have a t-shirt. Okay, good. So yeah. tomorrow at Piano Fight, I have to look it up. I think it's at seven. I don't know what time it is. We'll talk about it. Yay! The next show we've got Murad Shaki. We're gonna be talking about stuff, uh, God and stuff. Jesus. And, um, Thanks so much, Zach Wiseman, for guesting on the show. Yeah, weirdo. And uh, yeah. And again, we'll see you guys next week. Next week with some more tragedy. The AltaCast. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. Thank you.
hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Back up on the house. 